Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Show, we are going to be continuing our series of fantasy football previews, going through each team in alphabetical order throughout the NFL. We have already done the Arizona Cardinals and the Atlanta Falcons, and now we will be going into the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, if you like the show, you can get more of our analysis on rotoexperts.com. Our NFL 365 package is $39.99, and you can get $10 off of that package using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K. You get customizable cheat sheets, projections, rankings, premium content, best ball tools, our ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, our ultimate guide to winning draft best ball leagues, and much more premium content with that subscription, and you get it for a full year. So if you buy it right now, you will get it for a whole nother year. So you would even have next year's draft prep taken care of. So now let's get into the Baltimore Ravens, starting off with the quarterback position. Of course, they will be starting Lamar Jackson. So in 2018, Lamar Jackson started only 17 game, seven games and played in 16 games. He set the record for rushing attempts by a quarterback with 147. He averaged 4.7 yards per carry and scored five rushing touchdowns. I believe one of those rushing touchdowns actually came before he was the starter. He threw only six touchdown passes and averaged only 7.1 yards per pass attempt, which was actually better than Joe Flacco, which I think probably a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people don't actually realize that he he really was not a horrible passer. Was he accurate? No, he wasn't super accurate. Um, he did throw three interceptions over those seven starts, but they went six and one in his starts and. And they, you know, they were competitive in the second half of that Chargers game with the Lamar Jackson rushing play action based offense. So where does Lamar Jackson fall in terms of fantasy quarterbacks in 2019? I actually think he projects pretty favorably. Uh, you know, our projections have him for the second most carries on a super run heavy team. In fact, over the last five years, only 11 times has an NFL team ran a rush attempt 47 times or more in an NFL game, and four of those instances were the 2018 Baltimore Ravens. This team wants to run the ball a lot. That's why they signed Mark Ingram, and that's what Lamar Jackson is going to be good at. Is he going to run 20 times per game how he did last year? Probably not. The organization, the general manager, they've said they don't really want him running that much, but I think certainly in some games, he will get north of 20 rushing attempts, and over the course of the season, 200 rushing attempts is probably pretty projectable for Lamar Jackson. And what we know about the quarterback position is that rushing attempts are incredibly important. They add a ton of floor and they add a ton of upside too. You know, Cam Newton's uh, rookie season comes to mind. Josh Allen uh, towards the end of last year. You guys have you guys have seen this play out enough times to know what I'm talking about. When a quarterback runs a lot, they're just able to add so many fantasy points per game that strict throwing quarterbacks are not able to do. And if Lamar is even able to pass for 3,200 yards and 18 touchdowns, but he adds 850 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns, which is actually a pretty conservative projection for him over the course of the year. The chances of him finishing top 10 in fantasy points per game at the quarterback position 
position are pretty legitimate. There's obviously some worries that he might get injured over the course of the year. You know, Lamar Jackson is not, he's not the biggest athlete in the world. Uh, he's listed at 6'2", 212 pounds. So that's right about normal running back size. Maybe maybe you'd want him to, to put on maybe 10 pounds and he's going to take some, he's going to take some hits. We know that he is going to take some hits, but overall, Lamar Jackson is definitely a guy I'm drafting a ton in best balls and in weekly management leagues. I think he makes a really interesting late round quarterback ad or or draft because the whole idea with late round quarterbacks is yes, you would love to, you know, take Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, someone like that that you know is just going to provide a startable score most weeks, but the real idea with late round quarterback is finding a guy late who has the ability to turn into a weekly starter. And I think if the Ravens are able to run, you know, if they're even able to be baseline effective on offense with how often we have Lamar Jackson projected to run, I think the the chances of Lamar finishing top 10 in fantasy quarterback scoring are super high. And there's a very good chance he turns from a streaming quarterback into a weekly starting quarterback in fantasy. The backups they have on roster, Robert Griffin III and Trace McSorley. Both of them would be running quarterbacks if Lamar Jackson was to get hurt. So Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Robert Griffin is going to come in. He's not going to run as often as Lamar would, but he would still run, you know, five to ten times per game, and that he would be able to play a similar style. They wouldn't have to change the offense if Robert Griffin came in. They wouldn't have to change the offense if Trace McSorley came in. Actually, if McSorley started, we might we might see an offense throw like eighteen times a game and just run like quarterback power time after time. There was even a team that wanted McSorley to try out as a, as a safety. So to give you an idea of the quarterback room, Lamar Jackson, he's not getting benched, right? Joe Flacco out of town. That's not going to happen. So overall, the quarterback position in Baltimore, they are going to run a ton. Whoever is starting at quarterback for Baltimore, likely Lamar Jackson, unless he gets hurt, is going to have a ton of rushing attempts. Now, moving towards the running backs, they did do something interesting over the offseason. They let go of Javori. Allen. They let go of Alex Collins and they kept Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon. They added Mark Ingram in free agency and they added Justice Hill in the draft. So Mark Ingram, we have as a fair value at his ADP. He's going right about uh, in the middle of the fourth or fifth round. I think I believe his ADP on draft is like 49.5. Those are those are pretty fair estimates. And if you look at the stat lines of what Gus Edwards and Alex Collins did combined last year, so 137 carries, 114 carries, 21 targets for Collins, only two targets for Gus Edwards. I think that's a pretty reasonable projection overall for Ingram. We have him projected for right around 250 carries and right around 45 targets. Those are really good numbers, but the reason why we're not overly high on Ingram, he is a 30-year-old running back who's coming off of a PED suspension, and he he was not great last year. Mark Ingram was, he was okay, but he wasn't great. In fact, other than uh, a couple really explosive games, he had games where he really was not a starting quality rusher, and part of that was just because he played with Al. Alvin Kamara, but there actually is an Alvin Kamara style runner on the roster now. I actually just published an article at rotoexperts.com that you can read as you are listening to this. You can go pull it up on why I believe Justice Hill is probably the number one. He is the league winning running back in 2019. So they drafted him in the fourth round. He is 5'10", 200 pounds. He rushed for over 3,500 yards in three years as a starter at Oklahoma State, had 31 touchdowns and 42 receptions over that time span. 
He ran a 4.4 flat 40, and uh, player profiler speed score and burst score metrics have him above the 75th percentile in both. So Justice Hill uh, was drafted on day two of the draft to a team that we know is going to run the ball a ton. The Ravens led the NFL in rushing last year by over 20 carries, and that was with being the most pass-happy team over the first eight games of the season when Joe Flacco was starting. So they made up a ton of ground in those next seven games where Lamar Jackson was starting. We know that both Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon were seeing, you know, nine plus touches per game over that time frame. Gus Edwards was really the lead back. Kenneth Dixon was more of the pass catching back. So I think Justice Hill probably is going to settle into that range of, you know, between five and eight carries a game, and that's with Ingram healthy, but he will be the primary pass catching back. You know, he's better and more explosive than Kenneth Dixon. He's way more explosive and way better than Gus Edwards. I think Gus Edwards is going to remain on this team simply as a replacement if Mark Ingram were to get injured. But Justice Hill has a really interesting role on this team because we know that Lamar Jackson struggles with accuracy down the field, and we We know that a good way to solve accuracy down the field issues for an offense is to bring tight ends and running backs into the passing game more often. You know, Justice Hill getting passes out of the flat, uh, Justice Hill, you know, running some slant routes, some wide receiver routes. I think that's maybe something that we could see the team experiment with in the preseason. So if you take anything away from this podcast, take away the fact that Justice Hill really has the ability to win near your fantasy football league. We have him projected with a full workload for Mark Ingram you know, of of around 300 touches for Mark Ingram, we still have Justice Hill getting about 130 touches, which, you know, does jive with what happened on their roster last year with Gus Edwards, Alex Collins, Kenneth Dixon, and Javorius Allen all getting a bunch of touches. So Allen and Collins not on the team anymore. That takes away 150 carries and 60 targets from the running back position. Kenneth Dixon, He was active in six games last year, averaged 10 carries per game, but only one target per game over that time span. So I don't think they, they they don't view Kenneth Dixon as their pass catching running back. They view Justice Hill as their pass catching running back. I guess also worth noting Ty Montgomery did get 15 carries and 17 targets last year as well. Uh, After the trade from Green Bay, he's not on the roster either. So this backfield is Mark Ingram as the ground and pound guy, Justice Hill as the pass catching guy, Kenneth Dixon is likely to no longer be on the roster once September comes, and then Gus Edwards is going to be the uh, the break glass in case of emergency style player, uh, but but really just insanely high on Justice Hill. He was selected uh, 113th overall and uh, averaged 6.2 yards per reception over his college career. Hill, also, I guess one more thing I should note on Hill is that he actually sent future NFL running back Chris Carson to the bench as a true freshman at Oklahoma State, and he had the second-best spark score of any running back at the Combine, 95th percentile, massive broad jumps. Uh, You know, Justice Hill is going to be a problem for opposing defenses. He's really good, and uh, he he does. He just offers... He just offers some league-winning upside, guys, so so please take note of that. Now, to the uh, the more depressing part of our discussion, the wide receivers in Baltimore. So they let go of John Brown from last year, and they let go of Michael Crabtree from last year. So their starting wide receivers in a three-wide receiver set are, are likely going to be Chris Moore, Marquise Brown, and Willie Sneed. Sneed, the only holdover from last year. 
here. Uh, hard to be too excited about these guys in in fantasy. Crabtree had 100 targets last year. John Brown had 97. Uh, John Brown had a catch rate below 50%. Michael Crabtree was right at 54%. Only eight touchdowns between the two of those guys. Only one touchdown on 95 targets for Willie Sneed. We know the history of rookie wide receivers. Uh, it's just it's just tough to be a, a big fantasy impact player at the wide receiver position as a rookie. I like Marquise Brown in best balls where I take Lamar Jackson because I do think there will be a couple spiked weeks over the course of the year. You know, Marquise Brown, insanely fast, uh, you know, coming off of the Liz Frank injury from Oklahoma. But if you if you watch him in Oklahoma, if you go watch some of his film, you can see just how crazy fast and, uh, and you know, he's an intelligent wide receiver. He can play outside. He can play in the slot. I, I am interested in Marquise Brown in Dynasty. I would actually try and acquire him midseason if he gets off to a really slow start because I think there's probably improvements to come from Marquise Brown and I think there's improvements in Lamar Jackson's passing game Uh, and maybe he won't ever become more accurate but maybe he can deliver catchable balls you know slightly more often or or they they design the Baltimore Ravens offense to take advantage of the fact that Lamar Jackson is not super accurate so they don't do a ton of timing routes but they just do a lot of things where they try and get Marquise Brown in space not really any interest in Chris Moore from a fantasy perspective. I think that if things go according to plan for the Ravens, what they would prefer is for Miles Boykin to kind of win that job, maybe by midseason, week seven, eight, kind of that range. They have some other guys on the roster, uh, Michael Floyd, Jaleel Scott, Jordan Lasley, Jalen Smith, Quincy Adeboyo, I believe is how you pronounce his name, but I'm not certain on that. None of these guys are like big prospects. They're probably guys who are going to be important for preseason DFS because I don't imagine that Chris Moore or Marquise Brown is going to play in the preseason, so those are probably some names to remember. Also, the Ravens did sign former Oakland Raider, uh, multi-touchdown getter. Seth, you guys know Seth Roberts was uh, was the king of the two-target, two-touchdown game when he played for the uh, the Oakland Raiders. I actually think he's actually going to be the most likely start. I'm looking at these depth charts now, and, and actually how the Ravens are going to start the year is going to be Sneed, Roberts, Brown, assuming that Brown is good to go from his Liz Frank injury, which it seems like he is. So the final position for us to discuss is actually finally an interesting one. Uh, we we all know the Baltimore Ravens, they love tight ends, but they, they finally let go of Max Williams. They still have Nick Boyle on the roster, but last year's drafted tight ends, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. Uh, Hayden Hurst actually drafted very highly, but was outperformed, you know, just crazily by Mark Andrews last year. Mark Andrews averaged 16.2 yards per reception, had 50 targets, 552 yards, three touchdowns, which was good for tied second on the team with Michael Crabtree and actually led the team by far in yards per target. So what does that tell us about Mark Andrews? Well, I'm very interested in him for fantasy, especially uh, as I mentioned, these best balls, we are really trying to stack. So I do like the Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson stack. That's a that's a pretty easy one to pull off. Uh, and Andrews showed himself to be explosive. He was super talented at Oklahoma, played with Baker Mayfield. Uh, just a lot to like about Mark Andrews' profile. And if you look at later round tight ends, you know, a lot of them, maybe Jack Doyle uh, would have the argument to see more than 100 targets, but I actually think if, you know, Marquise Brown comes back slowly from the foot injury, if Miles Boykin does 
doesn't get things figured out quickly. I actually think there's an outside chance that Mark Andrews could not only see 100 targets, I actually think he could lead this team in targets because he's a more dynamic player than Willie Sneed is. Uh, the team knows what they have in Willie Sneed. They're not going to be trying forcing him targets. I don't think Nick Boyle will see his 37 targets from last year. It's probably much more likely that uh, the highly drafted Hayden Hurst is going to see those targets after uh, being drafted so high. Actually, man, I can't believe Hayden Hurst at his age, uh, he's about to enter into his age 26 season, was a first round draft pick in 2018. But sometimes you just have to admit the sunk cost. And uh, I kind of think things might go that way for Hayden Hurst because Mark Andrews is just better than him. So that is our Baltimore Ravens fantasy football team preview. Make sure to check out rotoexperts.com to uh, get all these articles that I reference, get the projections that I reference. You can see where these guys rank relative to their peers. You can mess with the best ball tools, and you can just do so much on the Roto Experts website. We've worked really hard to make the NFL 365 package one of the absolute best values in the industry, and you can get 10% off of that package using the promo code MATIC.